Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hi, it's own bit of an intro here, uh, which is unusual, just to let you know there's some technical issues coming up, because I have had about three hours sleep, as I mentioned uh, a few times in the show, in the course of the show, and thus I didn't plug my mic in. So you've got a sort of weird mic uh, for the start, and then it gets better um, about, uh, I would say, about uh, 23% of the way into the show. And it's a good show. It's a lovely show today for you. I do hope you enjoy it. Um, we've got Jack Mack from Anfield Road TV, who's back, and Nigel's back as well. Lovely to have them both on the show as ever. Um, uh, do get in, cha- in touch, cop- Podcast at gmail.com, and uh, enjoy it. We're going to talk about the Brentford game, we're gonna, and we're going to preview Luton, and we're going to save any kind of far-off thoughts of EFL Cup finals for another show. Enjoy, and thank you so much for listening. Wow, hello everybody, wowzers, yowzers, welcome, it's Cop On Podcast, we are back, you scrumptious crumpets. Uh, for another show, I'm delighted to be joined by Nigel, and um, it's after Liverpool beat Brentford, we're live on YouTube, and we're recording for our audio, our cherished audio listeners, um, so yes, please let me know if you're on YouTube, you want to get some comments in, please do. And otherwise, send us an email, coponpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I've uh, had about two hours sleep, um, so I'm very, very, very tired. Um, and I was looking for a poem. Um, and, you know, of course, there's a, the obvious one um, is Virgil, the poet from 70 BC to 19 BC, the great Roman poet. Um, but instead, I found some poetry from our dear, own, very own dear Virgil van Dyke, who had his 250th uh, appearance for for the club um, the other day. And uh, he's just back to his imperious best, isn't it? But anyway, Virgil said, and I quote, Calmness is the most difficult thing to have if you are under a lot of pressure or being rushed that is the big message you have to stay calm however difficult what is the trick of staying calm it is to enjoy your football you have to expect difficulties we play in the premier league we play against difficult teams who want to hurt you and who want to kick you off from first place we have to be ready to suffer we are not a perfect team but we have to keep going. You have to win each game that is in front of you. And by the looks of things, that will definitely be needed. Close the quotes. Um, Nigel and Jack has just jumped into the chat. Absolutely wonderful to have you with us, Jack. I was just quoting Virgil van Dyke, um, who was basically talking about calmness. And, you know, calmness is the most difficult thing to have, but that is the big message. You have to stay calm, however difficult. Nigel, are you staying calm? Because I'm finding it very difficult. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm calmer after the games than I am during the games, I think. Um, <laughs> what do you do during but, the games? What do you do? You bite your nails? What do you do? Do you pace up and down? Do you sort of, yeah. you know, you're stroking the cat like a Bond villain? Are you chucking the cat against the wall? Like, I'm down uh, to the like elbow. Zuma. Sorry? 
I'm down to my elbows. Um, right, okay. Yeah, look, um, he was a very perceptive fella for 17 BC, that Virgil. Eh? Yes, he knew yeah, his no, footy, absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I was working on Saturday, so I was watching the game. And my manager's a Man United fan, but he's, he kind of understands oh, the situation. Nice. So I was kind of watching it in work without sound, really. But I oh, got to see it. We didn't start all that well, but once we kind of got going and the injuries were the thing really you know what I mean that's that's the worrying part once we scored it was um, we, we actually played really really well after that um, they had a couple of chances but we kind of we kept them kind of at arm's length so to speak uh, we, I thought I thought Virgil and Ibu were very very good uh, somebody said it on another podcast they were kind of left on their own at the back because our lads were pushing on a bit and uh, they were kind of left their own, on their own at the back and they did very, very well. And Cuivin as well uh, had a good game in goal. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. But let's talk about let's talk about Virgil first off, because as I said, it was 250 appearances. I mean, he, he had a big part to play in the first goal because I don't know if you remember, I watched, I watched the highlights back uh, twice, actually, and parts of the game. Um, and just to get, get into a few of the details. So the first goal was from a really shitty non-free kick it was no way a free kick uh and was it michael oliver or just someone who looked like him because a lot of the refs look like him now but no jack's nodding his head it was the it was the real michael oliver he's really bad referee we've been saying this for about two or three years on cop on five years ago he was good but he hasn't been good for about three seasons now and he was just giving them all kinds of basically Tony taylor is exactly the same if you fall over and yelp you get a free kick. That's the rule. And and the second rule is he would never give a big decision against any team as well. So they go, they're the two rules. Um, but anyway, for our first goal, Michael Oliver gave Brentford a shitty free kick. They launched it long, okay, and it came to Virgil, and Virgil pumped it out of there. No messing under strict instructions from Jurgen Klopp, who was speaking pre-match about the danger of Brentford set pieces. So Virgil was taking no chances, humped it long, and then Diogo Jota with that extremely beautiful flick on. Because that ball, I mean, I heard a couple of podcasts both use the same um, image that it, it, it came down with snow on it because it went so high. But I would say it more, it came down with like, you know, a sort of a blaze of fire, like a sort of meteorite, because it went much higher than the snow layer. But anyway... Holy moly. What was I blithering on about? Oh, yes. Virgil. Big Verge. Big Verge. Apparently, Nigel, he's played 250 games for Liverpool and he has been involved in the winning team in 171 of those 250 games, which is more than any player in liverpool's history 1892 yep. um that's crazy um and in a sense he hasn't got the trophies to show for it but we're talking an all-time great of the game not just of liverpool football club but of football in total wouldn't you say nigel oh yeah absolutely there was a stat i was listening to another podcast yesterday um shout out to the red poets very very good so good pod yesterday and they said there are i think seven out of the top our top uh winners so to speak virgil being topped 171 in 250 games there are seven of Klopp's team in our top 10 That's amazing. For, for amount of wins so, so there's there's i think there's 
Genie was in there at one stage. I think Mane, Salah, uh, Robbo was in it. Trent is in it. So it, it like it's an amazing stat. Um, we knew we were buying a special player. We wouldn't have paid seventy five million for a guy when we signed him, and everyone was laughing at us. He ain't worth that. He ain't worth this. He ain't worth that. Uh, and people laughed at us. And the United went out and spent eighty million, knowing battered an eyelid. Oh, Harry Maguire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And oh, he's a better player than Virgil van Dijk. My, <laughs> he's a Virgil better player than I'm a better player than Harry Maguire. Um, oh, he's just he, yeah, an amazing. He, he's been a, a great leader for us down the years. He, he, the fact that he's only captain this year uh, is is testament to to what Jordan Henderson did within the club and how good a leader he was for us as well. By the way, um, yeah, incredible. Scoring on his debut against Everton in that cup game that really sickened the Blues. It was about two minutes to go, and he goes and heads that one in. It was great. That's um, why they call it the blues, isn't it? It's yeah. for, for moments like that, for the poor Everton fans. Just to um, go back to when you were mentioning about that big long ball to Jota, uh-huh. that big, big uh, Route One pump up front. Uh, I have to say, you know, people saying about how how good a header it was. The fact that the ball would have been up in the air, swirling around, and he got such a contact and put himself in such a position to be all over Regulon to head that ball into the into Darwin's path. You watched the, the highlights again from the still when the ball is hit, and you can see. He's already on the half turn and Darwin has turned as well. And you could see the two of them going. You could see Jota watching the ball over his shoulder the whole way and Which getting is in a position. Very difficult thing to yeah, do. It's extremely difficult. The ball's swirling in the air. Yeah. And he uh, you know, to, to head it is with such accuracy into Darwin's like like all right, Darwin's run might have made it a little bit easier because he ran into the path of it. But to head it with such accuracy into the area where Jordan where he was going to run, where he didn't have to really break stride, it was incredible. What a magnificent header it was magnificent indeed indeed from diogo and i don't know fingers crossed as we as we're recording this as we're talking we don't know the extent of his injury but of course two months there i reckon yeah but the i've heard lots of different reports i don't know where where is that two months from nigel it's coming from all over the place last night well exactly so so some of the portuguese people saying that he'll be okay for the euros and stuff like that that it's that that it's 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 the what is it the posterior the PCT, yeah, ligament, whatever, PCL, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor like most of the people who claim to claim to know what the heck is going on. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, we just, I don't know, fingers crossed. Um, and, and Darwin, there's no, no, no official news either from Darwin, but that's, that's likely to be much, much uh, later. And Curtis Jones, Again, no news, but John Barnes and Tim Sherwood were doing the punditry, I believe, on South African TV. And um, they said that it looked like ankle ligament damage to both of them. They both agreed. And so that's terrible news, if that is true. But we don't know yet. We don't know um, about the injuries. But of course, we're, you know, it is why, one of the reasons why it's so hard to stay calm amidst all of this. Um, God knows how the players are doing it, Jack. Are you staying calm? Yeah, mate. Uh, I think it's it. I think we've learned as a fan base over the years. Uh, I think we've learned the hard way in terms of title races. We've got giddy. Um, I think we're all that's part of being a parcel of, of a football fan. But I think when we are when I certainly analyse Arsenal as a fan base, I'm like that. We used to be us under Rafa, under Rodgers as well. We were ahead, and then. We know how that ended, sadly. Um, but yeah, Giddy, um, I think just enjoy every... If the two lads were Jones and, and Jota, to, if you're really deep it, they could have played their last 
football under Jurgen Klopp. And in, if that is the case, that is deeply disappointing because I think then, especially Jota, we know how important he has been for Jurgen Klopp as, as well. But Curtis Jones has been given an opportunity by Jurgen. He kept him around the club as a young lad as well. So he's shown a lot of faith. And I think Jones has finally repaid that. Um, you know, you know, you lads and anyone listening to the regular my channel, I, I love Curtis, even when he was a young lad, I've, I've, I've always had confidence in him. But uh, I think this last 12 months, he showed a lot more of that faith put in him and he's performed extremely well. But uh, yeah, I think a calmness has got to be a rational approach to, to current moments. Um, the Chelsea point was massive, as we know, this week, um, which was great. He should have beat City, um, but it is what it is. I think two points dropped is massive. Um, it's in our hands. Um, we just got to, as we've done countless podcasts on your on your podcasts, mate, over the years, it's just got to be one game at a time, really. And it's the boring mantra, as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago on Cop On. But it is what it is. Um, and oh, I don't find it boring, Jack. I find it. Yeah. I find it. I love it. Yeah, because it gives us time as podcasters yeah. to get into each game and to, you know, if if the secret to staying calm, as Virgil was saying, is enjoying your football, enjoy the moments as well, yeah, and enjoying the moment. I yeah. mean, I've got loads to say about Luton, which we'll talk about in a bit, oh, yeah. and loads to say on this match. But yeah, but no, you're absolutely right. And but but Jack, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad you can, you know. I think that is the trick, enjoying the football. The weekend was very enjoyable, Jack, wasn't it? I mean, did you see did you see Man City Chelsea? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was laughing my head off because uh, <laughs> uh I don't know I don't know anyone listening. If you watched the game, oh Christ, if Darwin Nunes played up front for City, um they'd be having a fun fair on social media. But uh because Ireland Harland slapped about one million goals in last season, he's allowed to miss. Five million more if you want. Uh, it felt like five million against Chelsea, but it is what it is. Um, and yeah, it, it was a good game. Um, Poch doing a typical Tottenham. Uh, you can take a man out of Tottenham, but you can't take the Tottenham out of a man. Um, it's yeah, it's one of them, mate. But it was terms, stupid, Jack. Yeah, it was really, really. Dumb. I don't get the substitutions. I think they come like 10 15 minutes too early. And it's like if you're going to play defensively, you yeah. give at least one of them yeah. the responsibility to pick up Kevin yeah. De Bruyne. Because the amount yeah. of times, if you didn't see the match, you know, City were absolutely dominant in the second half. Pochettino pulled a Steven Gerrard when Gerrard was winning with his Villa team on the last game of the season and took off their most exciting attacking player. Gerrard took off Coutinho and... Um, and Poch took off Cole Palmer to replace him with a defender, but then just put them in a very rigid shape. And if there's one thing that any Pep Guardiola team is going to do, every single training session, they're going to play against a very rigid low block defence and they're going to work out ways of picking them apart. So no one, Kevin De Bruyne, the amount of times he was he was um, allowed to take a, a, a touch and cross it in with no pressure. And we're so lucky as Liverpool fans, he had a terrible second half on a personal level, just as bad as Holland, who, by the way, is on 21 big chances missed for this season, equal with Darwin Nunez. 
uh, at the top of the Premier League uh, for big chances missed. But anyway, um, yeah, Potch tried to throw it away, but he didn't, Jack. And that was brilliant. I mean, I don't know. Did you? Were you sort of punching the air? I was like gyrating. Yeah, uh, I think final whistle went. I don't know if it was Nigel or someone on my podcast this week. I think it was one of the lads on my pod when I done with Kev on my post match. They said, Do we, "I don't know you lads or anyone listening was celebrating a stealing goal. I haven't done that in a very long time." Um, <laughs> and I don't know he's been to a couple of bridges at Liverpool, but uh, <laughs> if he's helped us maybe win a, a league title, I think uh, might give him a pat on the pat on the back, all of us. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's 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 one of them, mate, and it just goes to show the quality. All the podcasts that we've done this year, like. It's you look at Villa if they continue to win. You look at Tottenham; they are, and if they need a couple more points to get into top four, come what the end of May, it's Arsenal. If Arsenal learn, have learned from their past mistakes of last season, this league could get extremely exciting. And if we can go into that City game in a couple of weeks with that gap, even if it's a three four point gap. Um, it could be massive, lads and uh, ladies, as well, because it's the psychological burden of we've been here before 30 years prior, 31, whatever it was before we won the league. It was that self doubt, but now we've got Jürgen, we've got title winners already within our squad, Champions League winners. Do you know what it means? Obviously, added in with a World Cup winner, a lad from Hungary as well, uh, a lot of flair within that team. And uh, it's a young squad and whoever does come in next summer and hopefully they are coming into a title winning side, uh, a team that is already off, fresh off the back of winning trophies. It's an extremely exciting time, lads, as well. Enjoy it. And it's just these added elements as well, as we spoke about over the last couple of months with the end clock news. Just enjoy every second. Enjoy the ride, as everyone says. But yeah, it's... Um, I'm looking forward, as we said, probably speak about Luton later, but it's not going to be an easy game. They have been very good in the last couple of weeks. Could have won yesterday, but I won't get drawn into that. As yeah, we're, 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 we're sorry to cut you off, yeah. there, but we're going to talk about Luton in a bit, Jack, because I want to save that for later. I want to I want to focus on the Brentford game, if you don't mind. By the way, Jack, thank you for your answers. They're all very excellent stuff. Anybody who's listening, check out Anfield Road TV on YouTube. Uh, Jack Mac LFC. You can you can Google. You can find uh, find Jack's work there. Absolutely wonderful podcasts and, and YouTube channel. So do check that out. But um, go back to um, to the Brentford game, Nigel. If we look at it in terms of the goals scored, we we we've spoken a little bit about the first goal. The second goal was McAllister's goal, and Jack was just talking about the the new the new manager coming in. Um, it could be a man or a woman. I wonder if you know, like, um, yeah, brilliant, like, woman manager from the women's game. You know, someone like the the Chelsea manager. What was her name? Emma Emma Hayes was it? Uh, she was she 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 always seemed like a really bright and brilliant manager who should have. I, I, th- I think now she's retired, but she she could have had a had a big uh, impact on the men's game as well. But anyway. Let's assume people will go with the the, the zeitgeist and uh, get Chabi Alonso. If it is him, a player like McAllister, Nigel, is an absolute dream to inherit. Um, at the end of the match, there were great scenes with Konate singing with the crowd and McAllister looking really happy. And they interviewed McAllister on the pitch. And he said, and I quote, 
you can see how much it means to us to win football games. And then the commentator said, um, sorry, the interviewer asked him, uh, how do you feel about your position? The obvious question. Uh, you're, you're playing in the six. And he said, I like it. I like it. I always say that my idea is to understand football and be helpful to the team. So wherever they need me, it doesn't matter if it's six, 10 or nine. When I was in Argentina, I used to play as a 10. So I know what the position means. I try to score and assist. That's very important. I freaking love Maka, Nigel. For me, my love for him, it's like a great romance when you think you're completely in love with someone and you think I can't possibly love this person anymore. And then the next week you find yourself loving them just a little bit more. And it's a beautiful thing, Nigel. That's how I feel about Alexis McAllister. Uh, the goal was brilliant. The touch was brilliant. The pass was brilliant. Talk to me about McAllister or the goal or whatever you want. An intelligent player. That's the thing. Mm. And he has the ability to be uh, versatile and play in different positions. That's the sign of a versatile player and a player who who do his best for the team. Um, you, you could see Alonso would love him playing in that six because he's Alonso was good at that as well. Creative. He could put a foot in when he needed to. I, I thought him, him and Endo were both magnificent the weekend. I thought they were both great. You probably saw that comment I said in the, the an endomic performance, so to speak. I thought the two of them were absolutely magnificent. Um, Endo just kept breaking everything up. And, and then you'd see, like we've seen McAllister doing that. And then to see him breaking into the box and taking that first touch and that lovely little finish, they're just an intelligent play all around, really. A good ball from Mo, you know. It's just it's just speed of thought. It's the, the first goal was the same, speed of thought. Mo, same same thing. The two, the two Brentford centre-halves stopped all four of our goals were quick, quick thinking. They were just, we have a lot of good players and good players with good, fast brains makes them twice as, twice as good. My favourite player of all time, they say he wasn't the quickest in the world, but he had two yards in his head. Kenny Dalglish, that's the thing. Yards in the head. That's true. That's true. You're absolutely right. He is, he, he, Alexis McAllister is a great comparison because there's definitely, you know, a link with, with the king, with the king himself, the how he plays. Um, um, but yeah, uh, what can I say? Um, oh yeah, Alexis, the goal was beautiful. Um, the way he took it, uh, Jack, the, that, that, that first touch and the second touch, the stretching, the little toe poke. Um, but what I liked as well about that second goal was Graven Birch. Um, Graven Birch, for me, it was his best game for us because I, not only did I see quite consistently him involved all the time and showing his great skills on the ball i also saw great shows of strength like he held off norgard to play the ball to to vertically a lovely little short vertical pass to mo salah who then hits his hit that left foot uh, pass on the floor towards mcallister gravenberg man um, you, you you said many years ago how much you love Curtis Jones and how you saw the potential. Mm -hmm. Do you see the potential in Gravenberg or, or yeah, not yet? Certainly, mate. I don't know. Obviously, I've been banging the drum for years on my channel. 
even when he got that move to Bayern Munich, I wanted him to come to Liverpool. Um, I've done countless videos on him. He's a lad with immense technical ability. I think he's obviously he's a Dutch lad from the Ajax Academy, so it's uh, <laughs> the age of five, the, 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 probably in the Johan Cruyff Academy, doing Cruyff's hands already. Um, it's, that's what they do in Holland. And that's why they produce so many elite footballers, uh, especially at the Ajax Academy anyway, and they go all around Europe. But Ryan, he's 21 still. I think that's one of the most amazing things when you speak about the, the youthfulness within this squad, especially when you get into that winning habit of picking up trophies. every. I think it should be a bare minimum at a football club like Liverpool, uh, especially the year the the either we do find ourselves pre-Jürgen Klopp and a post-Jürgen Klopp era as well. This squad has got immense quality. We rang Grappenberg as he alluded to there, mate. He had a agree, mate. I think he didn't set the world alight, but I think that highlights a good performance of a footballer. Um, when you don't see them always on the camera, I think that's a solid 6, 7 out of 10. Um, similar with Virginia and Alden, you need those type of players. And at the age of 21, he's only going to develop even more. I think he's readjusting to the Premier League. I think the fact that he didn't play a lot at Bayern Munich, it was very difficult coming off the bench in certain games. But I think once he fully develops in terms of Jürgen Klopp, post-Jürgen Klopp, and then obviously with the new manager, I think with the new changing of guards, I don't think there'll be a drastic switch from a tactical sense because... Not like we're gonna get a Diego Simeone, we're gonna get a manager that will go hand in hand with all the data analysis people at the club. So it'll be very, very similar in terms of fitting like a glove. So I don't think it'll be uh, much readjusting, mate. But yeah, when he come on, mate, and uh, in terms of the second goal, I, I think it's such cool South American, especially Argentinian touch in that penalty area. Obviously, Nigel alluded to it in terms of just that setting up little ding from the left onto his right foot and then just a little toe poke. Sometimes I'd love Darwin Nunes to just score a couple more toe pokes because I think sometimes he just hits the ball a bit too sweet, in all honesty, for me. Well, no, yeah, great answer, great answer. Um, um, Gravenberg ended up with, with three tackles and three clearances as well as an 82% passing accuracy. Um, it, it was very good, it was very good, it was very much more solid physically, than than in previous outings and and um yeah but we've got so much to talk about lucho lucho diaz um i thought he was terrific um uh who scored agreed with me they gave him 7.89 uh and the man of the match despite only having one assist um i think the real man of the match is mo salah as usual and followed by virgil van dyke uh but and then endo, uh, and endo and very Lord, good very good yeah. but i uh, yeah lucho and endo so many good performances um but yeah you mentioned endo jack uh we you could choose nigel do you want to talk to us about about lucho or about endo well just I want to talk about the nice balance we have at the moment. Oh, good. So sorry, I should have said C or A, B, or C. Other, we have nice balance because we can get the ball up to Lucho, and he can. He's he's looking much much better than he has been. But then we've got Endo just stopping stopping their play in the midfield. A very intelligent player as well. And then we've pushed Mac forward, and he's looking much better. And Connor Bradley up and down the line as well. You know, and uh, like like we said earlier on, the two guys playing centre back were kind of left on their own because our our, our 
fullbacks were pushing on. Now the second the, the, their goal might have been slightly coming from that pushing on a little bit too much when we were ahead and they were kind of having a bit of a go. But um, just our balance, our balance looks really good at the moment. Like we just everyone's supporting everyone. Grabbing, but I thought Grabbing was fantastic when he came on. I was actually worried when Curtis Jones went off that we were going to get possibly another one of his Arsenal performances because he wasn't good that day. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, if you saw, I, I, I've written a comment there in, in the in the chat that um, he was his physicality. I think Klopp's been working with him because his physicality was much better, his passing was better, his movement was better, everything was better. He he looked a real player on Saturday. I thought I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He 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 wasn't like he wasn't he was getting tighter to players. He was shoving them off like he's six feet three and a big lad. And you know he used his physical attributes there on 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 Saturday. A lot, a lot better than he has been. He's been kind of pushed off the ball a little bit uh, in earlier games, but not on Saturday. Yeah, totally, totally, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and in terms of our midfield, I mean, and, and the balance. I mean, one thing that's been really pleasing is the amount of of goals and assists. Um, I, I've got uh, fbref.com in front of me with the Liverpool stats uh, for the season in all competitions. Um, so McAllister's got two goals and two assists, uh, from a number six position. That's pretty good. Uh, Soboslai, five goals and three assists. Um, Curtis Jones, five goals and three assists. Um, and given the amount of praise Dominic Soboslai has been getting, I think Curtis could be getting even more, uh, because he's certainly deserved it. Uh, cause Curtis has played a roughly 300 minutes less than, uh, Dom and uh, five goals, three assists for each. But I mean, it's brilliant to have that. Harvey Elliott, one goal and two assists, but he's been brilliant in other ways. Very, very similar to to Iniesta, if I may, in terms of linking the team. Doesn't get goals or assists, but links everything together. Um, you know, the 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 needle in your sewing machine. Um, and Diogo Jota. Um, uh, four, sorry, he's not a midfielder. 14 goals and four assists. That's good, though. Uh, Otaru Endo, two goals and one assist. Uh, Ryan Gravenberch, three goals and two assists. Um, I think that's it for midfielders, unless you count Trent, is it, which is two is it, goals and two is assists. It the, is it the 36, 36 um, contributions, goal and assist contributions from substitutes this season? Oh, I haven't got that stat in front of me. I, but, think, uh, it's, I think it's 36. Well, that's, it's uh, that it's sounds remarkable. Do you know who's most in Europe? Most in Europe. Do, yeah. do you have another yeah. team to compare for, for by any chance? Do you have like you know, for example, how many the Man City have or Bayern or anybody? Or? Uh, no, I don't at the moment. I oh, just okay. I, I remember I, I I've been kind of keeping track of it in my head because they've been adding up adding up over the few weeks, and people are saying they've got most most goals and assists contributions from substitutions and i think at the moment it stands at about 36 amazing. as far as i can remember i'll have a look there in a minute now but jack might be having a look amazing i don't have my, i don't have my pc turned on at the moment oh okay jack can you have a look for us while we uh while we while i check out some out while i give you some more great stats because i've got tons of them oh yeah the plan was even though i'm going all over the place the plan uh there there was a plan believe it or not for this show um was uh to go through each uh to th- go through the Brentford game goal by goal and we're kind of doing that slowly but surely we're going around the houses we're looping the loop uh, but it brings us to the third goal which was scored by Mohamed Salah who was absolutely sensational off the be- off the bench um, and there's something that I missed from his last performance because it seems that every single game he breaks a new record um, 
and it's been true in the last two performances. Uh, so <laughs> the performance before Brentford, before he went away to the AFCON, um, he, let me try and find uh, the stat. Uh, yes, he, he has 20 plus goal involvements in seven consecutive seasons um, and only in, in the Premier League just Premier League he's had he's had, for the last seven seasons he's had 20 plus goal involvement so goals and assists only Rooney Henri and Harry Kane had done that before and that was the game before Brentford before he went away to AFCON but from the Brentford game uh the record he broke um oh I can't remember now uh but he he had Andrew Beasley said Salah has now assisted 26 different players for Liverpool uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson have both assisted 22 and Firmino 21. So Mo Salah, I mean, we talk about his creative genius. He's assisted more players because now he's got an assist for McAllister um, than, uh, than any other. And there was another record and I can't find it because I'm, uh, I'm uh, very tired. I've had about two hours sleep. Um, but there you go. Oh, there's a the Jack found it. Yes, you found it, Jack. What what have you found? Yeah, in terms of substitution data as it stands at the minute, mm -hmm. in terms of goal involvements, um, oh. Liverpool and Arsenal. Uh, this is correct. It should be it's on the transfermarket.com. Um, goal involvements from substitutions and or like a goal involvement, i.e., a goal or assist. Mm -hmm. Liverpool and Arsenal both on twenty goals. Um, both played 25 games, and then De Zerbi is the third most with 18 goal involvements from his substitutions. And then the fourth place team is Unai Emery, which doesn't really surprise you considering how they well they've played. But in terms of Pep Guardiola's substitutions, which is quite one of the reasons probably why they're not about 20 points clear this season, which is surprising. They've only got nine goal involvements off substitutions um, when they've made them, which is quite staggering, in all honesty. Um, yeah, so that would be Premier League only, as opposed to all yeah, competitions yeah. across Europe. But yeah, no, okay, very interesting. Um, so Liverpool equal first in that, but that's, that's mm. very interesting. And speaking of goal involvements, the fourth goal was scored by Cody, Cody Gakpo. Um, sorry. We didn't really talk about Mo Salah's goal. Uh, can I just say Cody Gakpo with the flick on? There was that moment of indecision between yeah. the the two Brentford centre backs who are, you know, as wide apart. You could you could fit the River Mersey between the two centre backs, um, and they sort of looked at each other, saying, "Oh, you go and get it. No, you go and get it." Mo Salah didn't hesitate like that because, as usual, he's thinking much faster than anyone else out there. And Mo Salah just just sort of latched onto it, and and you know the goal he he sort of um, if it, I thought if you could if you could attach um, some wool to Nathan Collins's legs, then he would have knitted you a jumper uh, by the time that ball went into the back of the net because his legs were flipping about all over the place, and you would have got gotten yourself a nice a nice uh, jumper. Because that's what Mo Salah does. He flummoxes people. He absolutely flummoxes them, Jack. I love that goal. How did you do? Do you remember celebrating that goal? Because that was a huge one. Uh, you know, three. It was it three one or three nil yeah, at that time. Three, three nil, one. Yeah. 
Three nil at that time. Yeah, was yeah. It? It was, okay. It was almost like it stopped in time. Lots of don't know you lads, fellow anyone listening. Mm. It was it's one of them. I think we all watching it. We were like, oh, and then it like five seconds passed. It was like, oh, then Salah's caught up to it. It was one of them, as you alluded to, with the flick on in the midfield on the halfway line, and then Salah. We know he's lightning quick, one of the quickest players in Europe. But uh, yeah, it was. I think Ben me. I said it on my post match with Kev. Like. It's very surprising. I think he's a very good centre half than me, but he won't be stopped in terms of that transition, really. Um, quite staggering. Um, he thought Nathan Collins was going to cover, yeah. you see, and, and he didn't. So then he yeah. started running. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he got an absolute rollicking off Thomas Frank when he went in anyway. But <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, he's, he, no words tie anyone in knots, really, mate, when he's, he's so good. He didn't know where to go left or right, Collins. I'm surprised he can fall on his ass or something. Um, but yeah, it was a very good goal. I think he had a couple of chances, Salah, in that game. Could have come away another day with a hat trick, but that's just another typical Mohamed Salah goal. He'll be kicking himself, but they're the high expectations we know Salah does have. Um, but yeah, it was one of them in terms of just quickly touching on the fourth goal as well. Um, just goes to show um, the amount of goals, as we've already said today. I think if we are to win the league, and hopefully do, it will be goals that we absolutely demolish teams with. I think hopefully we can get our goal difference up this this week. Well, uh, in two nights' time against Luton. Oh, man. We, we a bit more of a goal difference, because uh, considering... Yeah, Arsenal, but you, not against Luton, though. They're organised, Jack. Yeah. They're organised. But we've got we've to, I think, do well going into the cup final. If we can put in a very, very strong performance. And... Okay. Uh, and Cody can obviously lead the line. Yeah, we'll, we'll all right. We'll 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 uh, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, we'll still we'll still hold fire with the Luton chat. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. Um, that was a three nil at that time, and then and then uh, Ivan Tony got a goal. They had a one touch, two touch passing on our left hand side, um, and Virgil stepped up while Konate dropped deep. And that's happened too often. I mean, to pick holes in a team that's top of the league seems a bit girlish, but that happens. That's happened too often. I would say under Jurgen Klopp, where the defensive line is more like, uh, you know, it's like you're, like the snake in snakes and ladders. I'd I'd rather it be the ladder than the snake. Uh, but um, you know, it, it happens and it happens. And then Ibu may have fouled uh, Wissa in the box, but. Um, it was touch and go, but uh, the ball went to Regulon anyway, who, who shot, and it was a brilliant save by Queeve. Uh, but then the ball, unluckily for, for us, it fell to Ivan the Terrible, who didn't miss from six yards out on his left foot. So that, that goal was, yeah, a bit disappointing. And you would, I thought at that stage that they were going to come back. And I was like, oh, shit, because that was very shaky defence. On our on our behalf to have such a bad offside line and stuff, but no, we just stood up, and that's the thing. This team is so resilient; it's insane how resilient we are. And that brings us to the Gakpo goal. Um, so Brentford lost it on our right touchline an hour half, and Joe Gomez played an intelligent long ball, and you can hear Jurgen Klopp on the on the sideline in the commentary. Watch it back. And he goes, yeah, because that was a great decision by Joe Gomez. It's obviously a tactic. He knew Brentford were going to push us. So he played a long ball over the top and we had like a two versus two. Um, Nathan Collins took a swing and a miss. 
allowing Lucho, who was lightning for me. I really loved Lucho's performance uh, against Brentford. Um, and he played in Gakpo. Awful defending again by Brentford. Um, but Cody took two right foot touches before slamming the ball in with his left foot. And Nigel, on Cody Gakpo, we haven't spoken about him too much um but with the amount of podcasts i listen to and i'm sure you listen to as well you're bound to have heard a lot of opinion about him on other podcasts and loads of people that seem to be suggesting that he's having like a not so good season but as always on cop on if you're gonna have an opinion back it up with the numbers so i looked at the numbers and I'll give you some now if I can find them on my screen. Yeah, here they are. So if you look at the overall numbers, right, like in a, at a glance, like the likes of Nigel Rio Coker or Jermaine Genus or Danny Murphy or one of the one of the dimwits who work for the BBC, you know, they, they just take a cursory glance at these numbers. OK, so 23 Premier League appearances, four goals, three assists. So you're Danny Murphy. You've just Googled go Cody Gakpo goals and assists, and that's you at the end of your research. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, he doesn't really score enough uh, or assist enough. He's not, not having a great season. It's, look a little bit deeper. Open the lid of your head and rummage around the grey matter for a little while, Danny, because if you break it down, it breaks down like this. He's actually in 23 Premier League appearances, he's only actually played 975 minutes, which works out as 10 matches if you include additional time. So 10 matches, almost exactly, four goals, three assists already sounds a lot better. Seven goal involvements in 10 matches, that's very, very good. And then you've got to factor in that seven of those 23 Premier League appearances, and I worked this out earlier today, seven of those Premier League appearances were all in midfield. So he's had 16 appearances in his favourite attacking roles, even though central isn't really his favourite. He prefers to be on the left. So he's only had a few appearances. A lot of the time as a substitute. He's had no rhythm and he's got four goals and three assists. And I think that's brilliant, Nigel. And then if you couple that with four goals in five EFL Cup games, and two goals in four Europa League games. I think the only thing keeping Cody back is more time on the pitch because he's showing that he's useful. And he's when he play, plays an attack, which is his favourite position, he can be deadly. Give me your thoughts on Cody. Well, I like Cody. I've got Cody from day one. I was really hoping we'd sign him. Also, some more stats. He's the fourth Liverpool player this season to score 10 goals in all competitions. First time that's happened since 1981-82. Wonderful stuff. That's from Michael Reid, I believe. But yeah. carry on. Kenny Dalvish, Terry McDermott, David Johnson and Graham Souness. Wow. Legends all. Legends yeah, all. absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh -huh. um, I like Cody. He looked a little bit more kind of on it as well yesterday, uh, Saturday. He, he was more involved. He was a bit more physical. Um, people were saying that on the on the podcasts again. They're crying out for him to be a little bit more physical, use his size a little bit more, as same with Gravenberg. That's you know, fair. It's a, 
some of the Dutch lads might be a little bit too laid back sometimes. You can be you can be really really laid back when you're Virgil. You know what I mean? He's he's that good. But the other the other lads might just need to put in a little bit more. In well, it, one tackle and one blocked shot for Cody Gakpo on the weekend. So he was getting into defensive uh, yeah, but, situations. He was doing quite well. As well as that, his challenging in the air, mm. that that flick on for the third goal. Mm. He hadn't really been doing that. Actually, using his his size, his physical mm. ability, mm-hmm. a little bit Brilliant. more. That's that, that's exactly what we we needed from Ryan Gravenberg and Cody Gakpo, who have they're, they're, they're big guys, and it, it can only be good for the club. And, and if they can they can go on and just keep going with that general physicality in games, if you know what I mean, just putting themselves around because you won't these people won't knock these guys off the ball. They're too big, you know. They, they've got to have a little bit of. Steel about him, and if they get that little bit of steel, we could be looking at two really, really good players for the future. Twenty-four years old and twenty-one years old. You know what I mean? They're not. They're not old. Amazing. We're looking. They could be. They were just for another decade, both of them. Yeah, they could. They could. Because, as you say, I totally agree. Yeah, just uh, you know, use your use your stature to your to your advantage because they've got so many skills. They're so talented, both of them, and really intelligent footballers. I love. I love that. And uh, yeah. Jack, it's that moment um, where we can actually talk about the Luton game. Uh, you've been dying to all, all game. So, um, uh, Luton, I, I was looking at some um, some stats on whoscored.com about Luton, and they've scored 15 goals from open play. They've scored 10 set pieces. They've scored uh, four penalties. They've had three own goals, and they've scored two from the counter-attack which who scored doesn't count as open play, which is a bit weird. Uh, but there you go. So um, they've actually scored quite a lot of goals. They're, they're, they're um, two top scorers. They've got um, Morris, is that his name? The number nine is a big guy up front. And they've got Adebayo as well. And they're both doing very well, nine goals and seven goals, uh, respectively. Um, in terms of how they attack, um, they attack... Uh, basically on the wings, like most teams, the, the majority of their attacks come from the side, but then they get the ball into the middle. So they've actually taken shots. 72% of their shots come from the middle of, of, of the pitch as opposed to like 15% either side, basically. Um, they have 9% of their shots in the six-yard box, 59% of their shots in the 18-yard box, and 32% outside of the box so in other words what does all that mean it it means that we can expect them to build up through the wings we can expect players like um uh, amari bell to be excellent at carrying the ball forward through our midfield feeding it out wide getting the ball uh getting crosses into the box and also shooting from outside the box this is what we can expect from luton according to the stats and according to the eye test against Manchester United, I watched them. I haven't seen much of Luton, but I watched that 90 minutes uh, yesterday as we were recording this. And they looked organised. They looked like they had heart. They looked like they had skill and they looked like they could pose any team, you know, a few a few questions. They could they can give you a headache. I reckon Ten Hag and the boys have been taking a paracetamol this morning, Jack. Um but you're feeling optimistic. You think we can we can score four or five. You're like, yeah, screw these Luton guys. Let's they were at Anfield as clubs last season. We're gonna all be emotional yeah. and sweep them aside. 
I think uh, we'll do that to City in a couple of weeks. We've got full confidence with that. It's uh, We are Jürgen Klopp's red juggernauts. Yes. Um, yes. The 5th of November, let's cast our minds back, Jürgen Klopp would have been banging his head against a, a fridge door or whatever wall, <laughs> or like all of us, because that game was an absolute joke. Um, I think we done a podcast a couple of weeks ago as well when we talked about that game. We dominated them. But yet again, in certain elements in a Jürgen Klopp team over the years is we just don't take some of our chances. But it's quite rare that we don't do that. But we traded 75% possession. We had we created 24 shots, but we only had to six on target that game. And yeah, like it was, uh, I think Jürgen Klopp, we'll just have to say, 5th of, 5th of November, lads. Remember that game. We want to win the league. We've got big objectives this season. But uh, in terms of Luton, mate, I've been pleasantly surprised. I think it's refreshing to have a new team in the Premier League, um, especially their journey they've been on in the last 10 years in terms of from promotion. I think that's one of football. That's why I love football, one of the elements like all of us. I think the, if you're a Luton fan and you were supporting them when you were very low down there in English football as well, all those tiers, um, yeah. Um, I'd like to them to stay in the Premier League at the expense of a certain club across Stanley Park as well, um, which would be great. Um, we'll be celebrating with the Luton fans at the end of the season as well. But yeah, it's going to be one of those games. I think we will take it upon ourselves to really cast them aside. They are just another team in front of us. No disrespect to Luton, but they are in the way of our objectives. We've got to not have an arrogance about our game, but I think we've got to score early if we possibly can and do what we've done against there, uh, do what we've done this weekend as well. There we can. I mean, uh, let's hope so. That I mean, the omens are good, Nigel. Um, Liverpool have lost just one of our last 54 Premier League games at Anfield, um, 141, drawn 12, and lost one, which is. It's ridiculous. That one we lost, I mean, sorry to bring it back to, was Je- against Jesse Marsh's Leeds in October yeah. 2022. It's going to be a very, very different side and very different. Yeah, we were terrible that night. We yeah, terrible. we were, uh, like a lot of times in 22-23 season. I mean, I can't believe it was like, that was last season. I can't believe it. The, 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 the change, the night and day, the, the sad and the happy, the, you know, the yin and the yang. Um, between between that, that those energies and this energy is incredible because this team it's the opposite of last season. It's got in, it's got resilience. It's got intelligence. It's got bite. It's got um, enjoyment. It's fun to watch Liverpool matches. It's exciting to watch Liverpool matches. And Luton have never won a game at Anfield, which we are the team for them in their history that they have the worst record against when they play away from home if that makes sense if you if you follow me um so we are something of a bogey team for them when we play at anfield um and our record against them at anfield has played 14 one eight and drawn six so we it's not perfect our record but we've never lost and uh this is our first meeting since a 2-1 reds win in January 1992. What were you doing in January 1992, Nigel? I, I don't know. I, uh, I, 19, I would have been 20. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, 
yeah, I was um I'm sure I was probably watching it on teletext or something. <laughs> yes, yeah. of course. I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if you guys remember playing against Luton on their plastic pitch at Kenilworth Road. Yes, back I in the they had yeah. they had a half decent side as well. They were a good side. And yeah. and they had the plastic pitch. They were they were decent. Won the won the League Cup in nineteen eighty nine against Arsenal. They were a yeah. good side, you know. They were, very, I always very liked, I always liked looking at the side as a team, you know what I mean? They were always very, very tough to beat and well organized and a good a good club you know what i mean that's what and, have you, and have you seen have you seen a good club yeah i mean i hear bad things about their fans i don't know if that's true really? or not mm. but uh you know i don't like to tar fans with the same brush anyway but uh, i do hear some strange stories about some of their fans anyway um but anyway nigel this season you know bringing all the nostalgia to the present because we're gonna look back on this time and be nostalgic aren't we because it's just such a wonder to be supporting Liverpool these days, what do you make of Luton this season? Um, they've been unlucky with a few games. You know, they've been conceding goals. Like they didn't get a good start yesterday. They played like they kind of caught us on the on the hop a bit when we drew with them. We, we scored a very late late equaliser. Now I was driving home from work that night. I remember listening to the listening to Lucho's equaliser on the Liverpool um, commentary on on my car radio on the way home. Um, we were we missed a lot of chances that night, and they got one chance and scored. Um, we've got to go out here and we've got to do a job. We're at home. Get out there, get in front early. Hopefully, keep going. We might get a chance then to bring in a few young lads uh, later on, maybe second half. Lads like McConnell, uh, Bobby Clark, lads like that, and, and try and get some legs, get some minutes in their legs as well. I, I think it's a it's a good opportunity if we can get ahead. Um, hopefully, no more injuries. But it's it's going to be. It's going to be an interesting bench. I tell you one thing: it's a, the team might be interesting, but the bench will be more interesting on on Wednesday night. See exactly what we're going to have to play from there. Could be a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, looking back at that game, and as you say, we missed a lot of chances. I've got the XG map in front of me. Uh, Liverpool uh, three point zero four XG. Uh, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen shots from inside the box, including four from inside the six-yard area, and we scored one goal. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, that was one of those games. Um, luckily, we didn't lose it again. Resilience, resilience. Plenty of Liverpool teams would have lost that match. Um, and so you know, um, good on them. You know the the oh, honest, uh for for doing all that. Absolutely brilliant. The steal. Um, and yeah. So I don't know. I'm feeling. I'm feeling quite saucy. I'm not. I'm not gonna take it uh, as red. You know that we're we're gonna we're gonna win. Um, but uh, you know that that day we had Trent. Of course, Trent's gonna be out. Um, Soberslay played, but he's gonna be out. Um, uh, we had Salah played eight minutes of that match only. Uh, no, sorry, 90 minutes. Uh, Mohamed Salah, uh, Nunez, and uh, Jota were up front. And of course, yeah, team Salah, yeah, sorry, it's mm -hmm. going across there, Owen, but it's going to be fine. extremely interesting, lads, as Nigel said. The team selection, I think, uh, it's going to be massive for the next couple of weeks. I think with the other two lads we mentioned on the pod with Jones and Jossa, but I think another opportunity. Um, we spoke quite high. I think we haven't mentioned one tonight, uh, today's pod, but I don't know if he's mentioned in the beginning, but Conor Bradley again, it fills we me have, so, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so much, yeah, so immense joy as well. And 
a couple of young gods, if they get an opportunity, if we do find ourselves hopefully in an ideal scenario, if we get to the 50th, 60th minute and we are in a hopeful lead as well, then throw three or four of the kids on. Um, but not just a case of throw them on. Um, but we've done this already this season. Uh, obviously, used the Nigel's the young lad, the um, oh, the central midfielder. Uh, but is it not Bobby Clark? Is it Bobby Clark? McConnell, James McConnell, James McConnell, Bobby Clark as well. Lewis Kumat. Yeah, so it's those three names, mate. Just give them an opportunity, mate. I think we need to rotate very carefully, but rotate when it's needed as well in the next couple of weeks because. We want to be going as far as we possibly can as well, everyone. It's it's got to be extremely important, but I'm excited, lads. If these young lads, it's not an ideal situation in the next weeks if they are needed, but you need a strong, strong squad. And if you're a young lad for playing for Liverpool, I don't think you've got any other bigger opportunity than the next couple of weeks and months' time to the end of May to to stamp your authority on this team, really. Absolutely. Let's let's do a team, guys. Let's do a team. So, I mean, Cueve and Go. Cueve has been brilliant. The past two performances, absolutely brilliant. Hold my hands up. I, I, I expressed some doubt earlier in the season when he his form was wobbling, but that was only because of pure rustiness. And he's uh, blown the rust off the Austin Allegro, and now it's back on the road. Uh, it's beautiful, classic car. Uh, and... So right back's got to be Connor Bradley, or are you going to play Joe Gomez? I don't know. What do you think? Connor. Me. Uh, Connor? Yeah. Connor yeah. Bradley. Okay, unanimous. Yeah. Uh, Centre-backs, again, it's obvious, right? Ebu and Verge? Yes. Yeah, I think I'd, so. I'd be sort of in the back of my mind, potentially play Quonsa, just with the, the doubt of, but I suppose, I think the priority is the Premier League. So, yeah, I'd agree with that, but... That wouldn't surprise me if Conson might have come in, but because Conate can't can't play for yeah, just with the injuries that we've had in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. But, but you're prioritizing the Premier the League Prem, over yeah. the over uh, the yeah. Caribbean. I think we all would if we if we could. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right, guys. I think you're right. So yeah, okay. So we're going full strength. We're going Ebu and Verge, um, left back Andy Robbo or Joe Gomez. I'd nearly try Gomez. I'd nearly yeah. try Gomez and try and just be a little bit, bit rhythm, more secure bit at the back, maybe mm. starting off anyway. Yeah. I'd maybe just a bit of rhythm as well, Gomez, not as being in the squad. Um, he has been one of in my top three best players this season. Yeah. Um, I think he's been one of the unsung heroes in this squad. Yeah. Um, but I'd agree, it's great that we've had Robbo, but it's looting lads in it. Uh, it's we should be Robbo, in, uh, when you talk about rhythm though Gomez has had a lot more football than Robbo yeah, so Robbo needs more games that's why I would pick him yeah I'd say yeah I think we probably will go with Gomez in the final a bit more defensive okay. yeah maybe um, maybe okay. and maybe Robbo in the league yeah okay yeah that may, that would make sense to me yeah. okay we'll we'll go with that we'll go with that uh, Endo in the six Endo no what a guy I, I just i don't know like you know this morning as i said maybe twice or three times i had about two hours sleep last night and there's there are moments when you know it's five at five o'clock in the morning and i was googling neil young for some reason on wikipedia forever and, young yeah, forever young I, neil, neil young is an amazing he's one of my favorite songwriters i mean he, his back catalogs have done some beautiful things but i didn't realize he was married to daryl hannah 
so that got me into an internet uh um you know rabbit hole this morning and anyway before i keep going down rabbit holes um it's those times at five in the morning the witching hour when you know nobody in the world is up apart from those with children uh babies and you um your mind just goes off wherever it wants to go and whenever it comes back to endo i just picture him looking deadly serious having just got a yellow card for just barging someone off the ball and i might my, my you know i i got it i get a little a little glow of joy from endo i freaking love the guy so he's in the six that's not under any debate with McAllister and does Gravenberch keep his place after that performance? Yes, yeah, I think he does. Bring Harvey in because that will no. break down Luton a bit better than no, I think I think Harvey has an impact sub again. Um, he hasn't really. I don't like saying it about him, but I, I, starting games against bigger, more physical teams hasn't really worked for him. So I think an impact sub is for sub for Harvey. Okay, yeah. and and you're giving. Start Start Gravenberg, and you're giving Gravenberg the opportunity to to prove that he can be physical two games in a row. Yep, uh, which would be a good opportunity for him. I'd, um, I'd be possibly inclined to maybe drop a youngster in there, lads. I don't know. Okay. Um, maybe McConnell. Um, was it was it the league game that I had the privilege of going to? Very luckily, I think it was was one of the FA Cup from League Cup or the FA Cup, and he, he just plays. And I, at first, I didn't see the lineup. Uh, until like half time, about until ten minutes in, and you just see that ball get drifted into the back post, and it, 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 you come off the ground and go, "You got that assist, by the way." I was like, "Of course, it was like Trent or someone, but it was McConnell." I was like, "Oh, yes. bloody hell!" Um, yes, yeah, I'd agree. I think we would go strong, but I'd, I'd like to a little flutter in a McConnell or a Bobby Clark. Um, Nigel, you see a lot more of the youth than me, mate. Is Bobby a left-sided midfielder or a right-sided midfielder in a, in a midfield? Is it a midfield for the do you play, do you? Is it... I think he's more of a kind of an attacking-type player, Jack. I'm not sure about sides. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not sure about sides. He yeah, kind of plays play in a kind of... Yeah, yeah play either, I think. Or maybe or maybe even a 10th, but he's, yeah. got a bit of, he's got a bit of the nasty about him as well. He can put a foot in. Yeah. Remember that yellow card he took there a few weeks ago? Stood off on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got a bit of that in him as well. He's a good player. Excellent. Excellent, but um, but I'm not sure you convinced me from the start, Jack. As you say, we've got to prioritise winning this league, and I think Gravenberg's got a bit more experience, and he's got you know he deserves to start after his performance off the bench. I think because he was, uh, we'll give him a go. Even and Luton is a perfect test for him because it's exactly that kind of physicality that he needs to prove himself in. So we're going with Endo Maka and Gravenberg. Gravenberg. In midfield, um, and then uh, up front, uh, do we have a choice? We've got Mo Salah, Cody Gakpo, and Luis Diaz. Or if Darwin's fit, are you going to risk him? Or are you going to say no? I, I'd keep Darwin on the bench. I'd unleash Darwin at Wembley. Yeah, if you need to keep him fit, just keep him fit. Yeah. If he's, it's a weird one. It was a couple of weeks ago we Klopp spoke about potential bruising as well. Um, I think social media is a cesspool of false information at the minute. Like with it, with injuries, it's like you, you log on and it's on X, and it's like, oh, someone's not involved in the team media press releases. Like for the match, it's like, what do you what do you believe? But 
Um, I think it will be those three lads. Um, I'd like to see Bendo come back a bit more quicker because I would have liked this season to have seen a bit more of him, but it's just sad with the injuries that he has sustained this year because I think he started off extremely well. I think we remember that Bayern Munich game pre-season and we were all licking our lips going, oh, this could be the year they break through, but I think we'll have to wait. I think him and Kay Gordon being disappointed with their injuries come at the wrong time in oh, the young careers as well. But Kate scored the weekend, by the way. Yeah. Did he? I didn't see that. Yeah. Against two. The under 18s won 2 1, I think he scored a goal. Oh, great. And I think, um, I'm trying to think who got the other one. I think it was Jaden Dan's got the other goal. Okay. The one, mm. And the other, the, other young, the other young lads then lost to the under 18s, I think, lost to Man City. Okay. Two, so one. the 23. So Kate Gordon scored for the 23s. I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think it was. I think it was the twenty threes. I don't. Yeah, okay. But no, I mean it's. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, let's let's just hope he he can find a bit more luck. You know, same with the uh, um, Kelvin Ramsey as well. I mean, unlucky that guy as well. But okay, so we we we're all in in, in full agreement more or less uh, in terms of a starting lineup against Luton. Um, I'm not looking forward to the cup final yet because I'm just looking forward to Luton. And there is something about the process, isn't there, um, you know, of going through a season. And I think what under Jurgen Klopp, something that it's taught me is that when your team is playing well and winning games, uh, like someone was saying that Roy Keane, after United won the league, he would be sort of quite moody and feel quite down because that's when they've done their job. Um, and you know they had to go and get another one. No and, change there, then. Well, yes, I know he is. He's a bit. I, yeah, I mean, it's a bad, a bad example of someone who's who's he's, he's as sulky and pouty as the you know the most the most aggrieved teenager. Um, so yes, um, but uh, a different example then. You know, there there are people who spend their entire life, uh, like for example, film directors, and they could they could spend years like Stanley Kubrick making a film. And then as soon as that film is done, you'd think they'd be delighted. Or, or if they're writing a book and they finish the book, and as soon as the book is finished, you would think, well, they've got to be delighted when the book is published and it's popular, when the film is out and everybody goes to see it. But no, a lot of people, they say that's that's the worst feeling because they, they now they don't have the joy of the process of creativity. And for me, I think under Jurgen Klopp, I've learned, in a sense, I'm not that bothered if we win the league or not, if we win another trophy or not, if we beat Chelsea or not. Of course, I would love to. I would love to. And I think the players deserve it. But what I really enjoy is just the footy. I love watching this team. I love watching these guys. I love watching us try and just like us, they're giving everything, just as we would do every single game, apart from Arsenal when everyone was sick. We'll leave that one. Go by the by. Um, this team plays that we we want. We we would love to, you know. And they're a credit to the shirt. Go on. I think that goes to what we've been through, like in terms of the bad seasons as well, though, Owen. I think yeah. obviously you two lads are there. Uh, I'm not one. When I'm 28. I'm, Choose I'm your words yeah, carefully, yeah, young yeah. man. You've seen a lot more better Liverpool sides than me. <laughs> uh, I'll say that. Um, but it's it's the modern, especially if you go on Twitter or social media. I think people are a bit more younger than me. 
the they just grew up with Jürgen Klopp. And lo and behold, if the next five, ten years, hopefully they are very good. If we get Alonso or and we win all the trophies, but as you just alluded to there, I went enjoy the moments, enjoy the now, enjoy the, the future as what to come as well. That should be what is exciting me as a fan. Like all of us, this squad, it's not a pile of dross like it used to be when Klopp inherited that. That team was absolutely horrendous, by the way, as well as we know that this team inherited. <laughs> like, if you look at that picture, remember Klopp's first game was against Tottenham, uh, and you're like, what is this? But the team he's leaving now, he, Jürgen, will be sat in a pub in Marbella or wherever. Enjoy it, Jürgen. Enjoy your year off because you have put everything on the line for this football club and we love you and we'll love it even more when you are gone. Um, but sometimes you just got to move on and Jürgen will be hopefully celebrating our future success as well. I think he'll be at the front of all the celebrations himself. The most the... remarkable. Sorry, carry on. Sorry, I was just going to say he's got the freedom of Merseyside, so we can pop into Mike Ken for a cup of tea or so on. Or <laughs> Damn, right. Damn right, absolutely. Um, you know, he's got the freedom of I don't know my apartment as well. If he wants to come over for a cuppa, absolutely. Um, the most remarkable thing about the first eleven that everyone talks about that he he, he played uh, against Tottenham was. Um, the the bench the bench was joe allen jordan abe adam bogdan jao carlos teixeira jerome sinclair 59 year old colo torre and connor randall wow imagine taking a team with that bench to two cup finals that season absolutely insane man it's insane um, so, Nigel, do you have anything to add before? Uh, is it at Irish Red Eleven on on Twitter or X if if you're on there? At Irish Red Eleven, do that's eleven the numbers one one. Do uh, check Nigel out uh, on on X. Uh, thank you so much, Nigel. It's always lovely to talk to you. Do you have anything to add or? No, just what Tack was saying there. He said he was too young to see some of the some of the better teams. Well, he mightn't have been too young to see some of the absolute drivel that came after 1990. Um, you know, like I remember, I was I was I was eighteen in nineteen ninety, and Kenny left ninety five baby me. Yeah, so, 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 so Kenny Kenny left, and 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 Sunes took over. We won a cup in nineteen eighty two, but then we had to watch this other and like we were getting this like even when I was I like I'm in Ireland like so I mean we were getting this sown into us by Man United fans all of a sudden and we're getting we're getting piles on top of us, like you know by everything. And it was it was it was top going. It was top going. Some of the some of the '90s teams weren't as bad as as Red. Uh, You know, like I think like the Roy Evans team had a moment where it's just bad decisions at bad times in terms of players being brought in and also not selling certain players. You know, some bad decisions were made at the wrong time, and we could have done a lot better in the transfer market, and we could have got rid of players quicker as well. Um, but you know, all of that's way way gone in the past. But then in the two thousand, Gerard Ulia had a revolution. Yeah, he I'm turned not, it around. I'm not, I'm not discounting Gerard Ulia. And that's probably when when you started paying attention. Was it Jack? Or at the end of uh, uh, Gerard Ulia, yeah. two thousand two? Yeah, I would. You would have been You would have been seven, five, six, or yeah. I, I just wish, and it's it's just great hindsight uh, that of because obviously when you're younger and you don't really 
well, your memory's not the best, but you, you're there in the moment, but you're not really taking it in, say, as, yes. as you yeah. are when you are like 18, 20 or whatnot. You're actually mm -hmm. taking photographic memory and you, you're there with your mates in the pub or whatnot now. But yeah, special moments. What a man, Gerard Houllier, we love him. Um, so yeah, RIP, but what a man. He transformed us in a very good way. And uh, I think he, he laid the foundations of what was a the 20 years later as well so it's it's one of them obviously with Rafael, Rafael, we love him but uh yeah it's the thing as well that if you're asked most of social media to name that bench against tottenham none of them would have a scooby-doo um <laughs> the, but it's one of them um the good moments and the bads as well this is what makes liverpool liverpool as a fan base as well we had a very special unique club and uh, we support our own and we support each other as well. And, uh, yeah, we get behind our lads, good or bad. If they're going through a difficult moment, we get behind them even more. And uh, that, if there is some difficult moments this season, then that's where we, we get behind them even more. And, and uh, yeah, it's sad that Jürgen's leaving. But uh, exciting times post the end of this year, I'm sure. Just got to enjoy the moment, you know, channel our five-year-old selves and be in the moment. And uh, as Virgil says, enjoy the footy. That's the secret of staying calm. Um, thank you so much, Nigel. Thank you very much, Jack. So that's Anfield Road TV yet again. If you, if you, if you missed that, then do check him out right now because that'd be brilliant. Uh, thank you to everybody. Um, this has been Cop On, Cop On Podcast at gmail.com patreon.com forward slash cop on podcast if you want to support independent podcasts for as little as one dollar a month or one euro a month or whatever your currency is anything uh would uh be very appreciated if you want to but if you don't don't feel bad about it because it's very very lovely to be uh you know to be in your ears with such lovely guests um thank you so much and we'll see you soon you'll never walk alone ta -ra.